0: Listening to the Colorado Springs Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors
1: at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey everyone, Chris Lopez here, and on today's podcast, we're gonna be talking about goals. Specifically, we're gonna be talking about your goals and contributing to our 2021 Colorado Real Estate Investing Guide and also Jenny's goals. Jenny, how's it going?
0: Doing great. How about yourself?
1: Well, I'm doing very good because I get to put you on the spot and pick <laughs> apart your, your, your goals for 2021, which I'm, I'm actually lo- really looking forward to. Sounds good. So to before we jump into your goals, Jenny, I want to set this up because you've heard me say this and other people have, but I'm a huge believer in writing down goals and your strategy. Because anytime you write it down, I think it mentally clarifies it for the individual. And then we also want people to hopefully share their goals and their strategy in our 2021 guide. And this guide is something that I started publishing this two years ago. So the 2021 will be the third edition of it. And it's the same thing. It's to force people to write down their goals, but then to publicly share Because I think that accountability is an amazing way to help hold people to your goals. And then plus, it's a really fun way to learn and network with other people are doing out there. So Jenny, I know I told you you had to write a chapter in this book this year and you're writing many, many chapters, one being your goals and one being a very detailed guide to how to invest in the Springs market. But before this book, did you write down your own goals?
0: I did. I've actually been writing down financial goals for uh, at least, what, seven, eight years now.
1: Great. And yeah. kind of give me the high level, like what... Would you you just kind of say, hey, financial goals, health goals, personal goals, like just kind of like the the general stuff people do for goals out there?
0: Yeah. So I've been budgeting for a really long time. And then I've just started incorporating the financial goals within the budget. I had it as like my first tab in my, uh, my budget spreadsheet that I have. And every month I just look at that first tab, make sure that I'm Uh, meeting those goals are on track to meet those goals. And that's just kind of how I've been doing it over the years.
1: Okay. And how important do you think it is for real estate investors, whether they're our clients or not, but just real estate investors in general, like how important is for people to write down their goals and write down their strategies?
0: I think it's incredibly important. And I would also say that don't feel bad if you have to pivot. Um, but I think just getting kind of your brain in the mind frame of these are my goals. This is what I need to do to work up to them and just kind of thinking of it that way. I, I think it's a really good approach to real estate events investing.
1: Well, let me, let me quantify it. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most important one being, it doesn't matter whatsoever. Where'd you <laughs> throw it on that scale? 10. I agree. Yeah. Um, I, 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 Everything you said, it's 100% critical that people do it. Every time I write down goals, I achieve I, I achieve a lot more of my goals. Are they exactly what I wrote down? Absolutely not. Some evolve. Some I realize, oh, that was just that was just a stupid goal on the way I was thinking. And so I'm <laughs> like, you know what? Hey, life changes or this happened. Great. You're going to adapt and you're going to happen. So... If you guys wanna contribute to the 2021 Guide to Colorado investing book, uh, there'll be a link in the show notes on the guidelines for it and then how you can submit it. But we do need those in by January 15th. And so hopefully this podcast does a couple of things. Number one, hopefully helps Jenny meet her goals even better for 2021 since we are publicly sharing them on a podcast. So me and everyone out there can hold you accountable, Jenny. No pressure. Uh, But for the listeners out there, whether you write a chapter in the book or not, please just spend some time to write your goals, think about them, and really clarify them. I mean, I'm a big believer, Jenny is, and we've both had pretty successful careers so far. And you know, I think us writing down goals has been a big part of it. So Jenny, what I liked about your chapter, or one of the things that ju- uh, jumped out to me was, you said when you first began real estate investing, you had shiny object syndrome.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So talk about that.
0: So I think I'm probably pretty similar to most people out there that when you think of real estate investing, it's, uh, you know, something that you see on HGTV, Oh, this looks cool. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. And you kind of make real estate investing a very broad category. And over the years, Slash my husband holding me accountable to this because he was tired of hearing all of my you know ideas for everything. Um, I've really kind of honed in on what I like, what I'm good at, what meshes with what I'm trying to strive for. Um, so just kind of refining
1: what I consider to be my real estate objectives. All right, and so in a few sentences, how would you summarize your strategy and your goals for this year when it comes to real estate investing?
0: Ooh, that's good. Okay. So for real estate investing, I'm really happy with my current portfolio. So it's just basically getting that next step of getting up to my, my 10 properties that I want to do, and then I'm going to start paying them off. So it's pretty simple, but it's encompassing my larger goal that that I've had with real estate investing throughout the past couple years
1: which is just a a general like passive cash flow goal
0: exactly I don't want to own a thousand units that's not something that interests me I just want a really stable portfolio of cash flowing properties and make them you know kind of just last for the generations
1: so in your chapter here, you have three rules for your investing strategy. Can you tell us what those are and walk us through them?
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, I look at these as a framework to my goals. I, I look back to them um, and think about things that, you know, why, why am I doing this to begin with? And then I kind of have these in the back of my mind as, as, I, as I work towards my goals. Um, so the first one is I don't want to own an empire. I just touched upon that where I don't want thousands of properties. I want to have a nice stable portfolio of simple properties, uh, that, you know, produce rental income, uh, constructed well and just really have them cover all of our living expenses. And then, you know, a little extra for some splurging. And then the second one that I live by is don't overextend myself. And I mean that in terms of both financially, and I also mean in terms of time and stress. And then the and, third one.
1: Sorry, let me oh. and clarify that because I mean the the financially we have talked about that quite a few times on the podcast. What do you mean from the the personal perspective on there?
0: <laughs> yeah, so I noticed that kind of in the the height of my, Burr property uh, investing that. I was just constantly working, constantly trying to do, uh, you know, real estate investing and working on these properties and everything. And the, the aha moment was when I was on vacation in New Zealand on a ferry boat, trying to coordinate a window installation. That was just kind of, you know, that that's when I realized that I'm overextending myself. I need to figure out a better way of, of managing this, uh, not necessarily with, through myself.
1: All right. Okay. What's your, what's your third rule?
0: And then I know everyone has heard me say this a million times and I'll say it a million more times is ensure adequate cash reserves for everything. Uh, Six months reserves for personal, six months for rental. uh, And that's no exception.
1: And I know, I think just a few podcasts before this, you recorded kind of your, your more detailed structure on there. So listeners, make sure you check that out. It's titled I think something about cash reserves in there. And plus, we're going to have a pretty detailed chapter in the book as well outlining because I'm a broken record like you on that journey. So before I move on here, I I want to talk about the structure you did on here because I really like this is boiling things down to simple rules or as you, I think you use the word framework. How does having those simple rules, that framework, how does that help you plan and help you execute from, you know, a, a day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year timeframe.
0: Yeah. So I think, um, going back to, uh, my self-proclaimed shiny object syndrome, I think that helps me by having this framework, you know, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It would be really cool to have a hundred unit apartment complex. Does, is that what I really want? in life. No, it's not. So I think by being able to think about what I want, what makes me comfortable and then making sure that it applies towards the goals is what helps me work towards those goals. And then, um, you know, on a daily, monthly, yearly situation, it's really just making sure, am I continuing to be aligned with my values, my, my framework for this? you know, and I kind of catch myself, is this, yeah, is this what I would want? Yes or no. And then that really helps me decide things as simple as that sounds. And,
1: and simplicity is very much overrated in, in life and in investing in business. I've always found two things. The simpler I've made things, usually the more success I've had. I've noticed from when I've had the opportunities to work with mentors or, or really, you know, interview some people in depth. They usually have some very simple rules that they live and die by and everything's based off, oh, cool. I know these three things. Great. I'll write a check for hundred thousand dollars or $500,000 here, which, which boggled my mind when I was learning, you know, entrepreneurship and, and this whole world of, of personal finance. But as I get older and more experienced and talk to more people, I just keep noticing simpler, simpler, simpler is the way my life goes and, and most people's life goes as well.
0: Yeah. And honestly, that's, I mean, just to kind of piggyback off of that, when I'm looking at a rental property, if I'm evaluating it and I don't understand, like something about it is just too strange, too complicated for me. I don't invest in it. And, you know, it's not that I don't want to stretch my my knowledge and, and my understanding of it is just keep it simple.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So when I read your, your chapter here, I, I chuckled at this next section. So so the listeners, I can paint you a picture out there. It has the heading, personal budgeting goals, colon. Then the section starts off with fun fact. <laughs> so I think only a CPA and maybe a few other uh, professions out there, Jenny, would, would have personal budgeting goals and fun fact in the same sentence. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about that. What's the fun fact and, and what do you guys do?
0: So the fun facts you know, I guess it's subjective is that my husband and I have been tracking our expenses and our net worth together since before we were even married. So we have years of, of data that we kind of look back and, um, you know, something that we kind of use as a benchmark. If we're going to make a decision, uh, we, we take a look at what our income levels were during certain periods of time, what our expense levels were. And uh, it, it's been a really cool timeline that we've been able to look back at.
1: And I'm assuming knowing you, you've probably got a pretty robust spreadsheet for all this. We do. Mm -hmm. And so from like the, just the, you know, the income expenses, assets, net net worth, those high level categories. Do you track that on the monthly basis?
0: Yeah. So we started um, doing all, well, we've always done our income and our expenses on a monthly basis. We were a little bit more periodic with our net worth, where our assets and liabilities and equity, but we've actually just started doing that um, monthly as well, fairly recently.
1: That's impressive because for, for a while there, I I did a very high level, I think, I guess a balance sheet to figure that out. Just hey, you know, money in the bank, income, liabilities, here's the net worth, you know, real estate stocks, all that stuff. And I found doing it every single month, um, was apparently hard for me. So now I try yeah. to do it once a year. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's fair.
1: So but I think that also <laughs> speaks to our differences in our backgrounds because oh, I'll do it. And I did it for like nine months, but then I just I won't do it for a long time. So I'm impressed that you guys do it every single month and you've probably just got this massive table that shows hopefully the growth of everything. Yep. Oh, uh, that's cool.
0: Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty neat.
1: And I'll ask you a few more questions about this because as you know, especially with couples, um, money and finances can be a, an emotional charged issue among couples. How, so do you guys just, is it the fourth Sunday of every month you guys sit down kind of like, what's your routine and habit for you and your husband to sit down and talk about these? Cause I know there's, you know, people that could use that advice and figure out how, best incorporate their spouse into it.
0: We don't have like a set date or anything to, to, to talk money, but, um, you know, we'll find ourselves over the dinner table, just kind of having this conversation maybe once or twice a month. Um, and at this point it's not really, Hey, why did you spend, you know, this, why'd you buy this PlayStation? Whatever. None of that. Um, it's more so big ticket, uh, Ideas and you know what we want to do moving forward. We don't we don't really look at the day to day stuff. Um, it's more at this point. It's more was I you know mischarged for something or did I you know forget to do something um, in terms of the the expenses that we're tracking. Um, but yeah, we we like to talk a lot about uh, savings goals. We like to talk about what we're going to do with our savings. So that's kind of where. Uh, you know, the discussions are are centered.
1: Now, the next section of your chapter moves on to the real estate investing goals and your three cents summary at the beginning, pretty much, you know, it sums it up as far as what you're doing. So I want to ask you two questions on here. One, is there like, is there a target number you're working for, you're working towards as far as like gross rents or NOI, or are you focused on like 10 properties?
0: I'm focused on ten properties at this point. Um, really, and the, why? Yeah.
1: This is so, so fascinating to me.
0: Yeah, I, there's and I and I admit in the chapter that there's not a scientific reason behind that. Um, we're almost at nine. We had ten at one point, um, so we're almost back at nine. And figure might as well round it out at ten because it sounds like a, a cool number. Um, but in terms of gross income goals. That's a really good question, and I think it's going to be something that we'll probably look at i don't know three to five years from now, seeing how everything is progressing because our rents are growing at a pretty decent rate, so I don't really know what they will be in twenty years from now when you know we're thinking about retirement, um, but at that point, we'll just evaluate it, and you know hopefully we'll have so much equity in our in our existing portfolio that if we have to pick up one, two, three more properties to reach a level of income that we need, it, it should be simple.
1: All right. Now my second question for here is you're getting your ninth, I think before the end of 2020, right? You're closing on that <laughs> here in- Maybe uh, not at this some, point.
0: There's some emails going back and okay. forth. I'm not really sure. <laughs>
1: so you're, you're closing in the near future. Let's say that you're closing in yes. the near future. Uh, whether this year, or next year, doesn't matter. Um, but in terms of like optimizing your portfolio, do you have any like do you have any dogs that you're going to sell or plan like 1031 to trade up either into a, a, a better rental or get it, hey this property it's just it's always been a pain in the butt. I just kind of want to get rid of this get rid of this one. Are you planning on any of that? So
0: yeah that's a really good question. So we actually already sold off the properties that were kind of our um you know thorn in our side. so we at one point had ten properties here. we sold off two of them. they were just kind of the duds and then um you know the eight that I have and seem to be ninth that I have, I really like for various reasons. So if someone came up to me and said, you had to sell one property, I'm not really sure which one I would pick okay. um, that I would have to sell. So, so you I, already I like did that all.
1: portfolio cleansing earlier mm-hmm. with that makes sense. Yeah. So what about, cause you kind of end with a chapter, just some, some personal goals as far as like, you know, uh, podcasting, doing some agent, what other like non investing financial goals do you want to share with the listeners?
0: Oh, that's good. Uh, I, I mean, I would love to travel, uh, again, but I don't, (laughs) I don't even know if I should throw that on there. Um, you know, so that I, with everything that's going on, I'll maybe put that in pencil. But, um, other than that, uh, probably the usual, just, uh, I want to keep, keep up running. Um, so I'll, I'll probably add that to the personal, personal
1: side of things. And one we have to mention on here. Is that one of your goals is to publish 52 Colorado Springs real estate investing episodes in 2021, right? Yep. All right. So we want to throw it out there so we can hold each other account. Cause that, <laughs> it's funny to say, cause actually, that was actually my goal for Denver last year. I, I was no conceit, but I'm looking at my, my goals from last year and that was what I wrote down was 52. Did you hit it? Oh, yeah. Way surpassed it. Awesome. I was just like, I kind of view a lot of the, you know, just, Life investing all that just stay consistent. If you go to the gym or work out or run, whatever whatever you do, if you do that consistently two three times a week, uh, that's what matters. That consistency. And I think for business investing, everything is if you stay consistent. That was my main goal. If I can consistently do this, you know, I, I will see results in business and deal flow and opportunities and meet new people. And that was one of my big goals was just consistently do it. And it's been it's been great. And we're well we're well past that fifty two for the year. That's great. So awesome. All right. So Jenny, thank you Uh, for all the listeners out there. We would love to have you contribute a chapter to the guide. This is really meant to be a great way to help people focus on their goals, achieve their goals, and just do some really local networking and meet people in your community. So Jenny, people have heard me say this 50 times if they listen to me regularly. what's What's your sales pitch for getting people to write a chapter into the book?
0: Well, I think if, <laughs> if you write a chapter for the book, you will be more likely to meet your goals. How's that?
1: I like it. <laughs> All right. So again, deadline's January 15th. If you have any questions, email me or Jenny. The link uh, There'll be a link in the show notes on submission guidelines. If you have trouble finding it, again, email me or Jenny. All right, everyone. And Jenny, thank you. I appreciate you writing the goals and putting yourself out there. So thank you.
0: Thanks, Chris.